When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So, no strings attached. We're giving you a free book. You've heard us talk about how much we love Audible. Go give them a shot. And once again, promo code HIDDEN for audibletrial.com slash hidden. As always, we are sponsored by Illuminatus. Their pre-rolls are made like no other pre-roll out there. And they come in a sativa and indica blend, offering a discreet and satisfying experience every single time. Illuminatus products are always guaranteed to meet all government testing standards. So check them out at illuminatusbrand.com and on Instagram at team underscore Illuminatus. Okay, we're good to go. Before we get into our regularly scheduled Q content, I have to bring this up just because I, I brought up YouTube in case we use it. And mm -hmm. one of the videos that popped up was titled, Our Scariest Day of Van Life, parentheses winter in Yellowstone. I've been, this is how I know people of our generation are fucked. Uh -huh. I've been seeing a lot of trending information, like on Reddit and shit, uh -huh. about living in a van. Oh, because there's one of the Instagram influencers who does that shit just killed herself. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was who this? I missed this. She's like some 28-year-old chick. I don't know her name. I just saw that she killed herself. I'd probably kill like, myself if I was living in <laughs> Yeah, she was homeless. Now, you know, some of the vans do look good. Like they're, Well, they're, they got to they gotta delude themselves into thinking it wasn't a, wasn't a bad decision. But, uh... Living in a van is not a substitute for having a place you can call home. I know they like to pretend they're they're free spirits who just go out and about. You can also go out and about if you have a house. You're a hobo. You're free to do that. You're a hobo with a car. A nice car. Yeah, I mean, actually, look, not a nice car. A nice. It's it's it, the glamping <laughs> equivalent of being homeless. It's the worst of both worlds. Like, you, do you want to be homeless but in comfort? Well, but you. So you don't have a nice car, but you also don't have a nice bedroom. So you have you have the mediocre portion of a hotel and a mediocre car. Yeah, it's like... And you uh, combine that together, and that becomes an influencer lifestyle. It's like the coffin apartments in Japan, except it's in a van. Yeah, where they're sleeping in the, like a fucking dresser drawer. Yeah, you got a hot plate and a pad. But uh, yes, I've been seeing this van shit a lot more recently and it always just looks so wildly uncomfortable and i i don't know where they park i don't know if you just like set up in a parking lot and that's that's where you live i assume they're the last people using the truck stops god that's right? a, who else a uses that shit crazy existence 
Yeah, I don't exactly understand the appeal, because, like, what are you going to? It's supposed to be for people who like travel. It's supposed to be for adventurer types who go from uh, state park to state park, climbing rocks and posting on Instagram. Yeah, it's for white people who want to pretend like they've been poor. You don't understand, like, I spent six months in a van. Like, I understand struggle, okay? Because black lives matter. This is the new... when people had money, it used to be backpacking across Europe. Once yeah. you graduated, now it's uh, driving a fucking I got a Ford tra- Star across the states. Yeah, I got a Ford Transit with a couch in it. Now, it, it, the only person I've seen who should be doing it is that uh, that rock climber dude that Alex handled on that. Uh, have you seen that documentary, Free Solo, the one where he climbs uh, El Capitan or something? One hundred and twenty-seven hours. No, <laughs> no. Oh, he doesn't cut his This foot guy off? still has both his arms. Oh, because he's a coward. But uh, no, he's he's this like super autistic dude who's really good at climbing rocks. But he lives in a, a van occasionally, so he's close to the place he climbs. That's assume, the only person who should be doing it. I assume most people good at climbing rocks are autistic. He, uh, you're basically a monkey at that point. It. He's come out and kind of talked against this, but in the documentary they do like a brain scan of him, and it it seems to appear as if there's something wrong with his head where he doesn't really interpret fear because he climbs all these things without a safety rope like that that's what free solo is he's just that's climbing. his thing he doesn't get off unless he can die yeah so if he fucks up at all he's dead he's, how often do those dudes fall uh it's one of those things like uh it'd be hilarious if it was just like killing them at an alarming rate it is it's, well, I mean, yeah, that's the fun, though, isn't it? I'm trying to think of the name of it. What are squirrel suits? Like those things? Those got base jumping. Yeah. The people who base jump, uh, if anyone wants to do themselves a favor, go, go on the to Wikipedia. To the top of your building and jump off. <laughs> go on the Wikipedia <laughs> for base jumping <laughs> and just look at all the innovators in base jumping, and their Wikipedia usually ends with died while base jumping. It's not a... It's not something you can do a lot before you end up dead because one small mistake and, uh, you know, plumbing or like fucking zooming into the side of a cliff at 100 miles an hour. It's not survivable. No. Like that falling off the side of a mountain. Like, yeah, you're going to die. It's not. uh, Is it like ISIS where the glory is in dying? Uh, you, like, you're not you cool mean, in ISIS if you're alive. You're you only cool if you die. Like a extreme sports jihad of sorts? Yeah, like, if you can, like climbing the mountain is cool, but you know what's cooler? Dying, dying while climbing the mountain. Died trying. Yeah, yeah. like, you, they don't remember the people who made it to the top. They remember everybody who fucking fell off. And then when he dies, he gets 80 autistic rock-climbing virgins in heaven. Yeah, probably. I don't know. He probably just gets nothing. Because he was dumb enough to climb a mountain. I don't know what autistic people get in heaven. He's going to show up to the fucking pearly gates be like, what did you do, my son? Well, you <laughs> see, God, I, I climbed that big rock. I tempted fate. That's yeah. what I did. I kind of deserve this. Did you make it to the top? No, I, I fell off about halfway up. The, Anything else? The worst ways to die involve where you have like five to ten seconds of knowing there is zero chance of survival. And that you just failed? Yeah, that's uh, that that documentary where the people kill themselves by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. Everyone who survives who's in that documentary is like, as soon as I jumped, uh, I was like, I should not have done this. Especially when they realize the water is going to feel like concrete. So I would imagine if you're climbing 
El Capitan and you're 300 feet in the air and you lose your grip and then you're just that those moments that's got to be really shitty to go out just terrified you think they all are like I wish I had a different hobby Uh, I can't speak for them but if that was me yes I would have been like I wish I would have just taken up crochet (laughs) I should have just become a proficient knitter because it's a rad hobby until you die or it's uh, there's another hobby where the the people they have like a parachute type thing and they attach this giant like fan to the back of them. It's, it's called like motor motor sailing, not parasailing. It's something like that. But they they attach like a industrial box fan to their back and use that to fly around. And shocking, those guys have a habit of dying. Man, white people are dumb. For a race that is plagued by white supremacy, we got a lot of fucking morons. I would push back against that, but I'm trying to think in my head, and I, as opposed to thinking somewhere else. When is the last time you heard of a black person falling while climbing a mountain? But you're correct. Everyone I can think of is a representative of the sports I mentioned. I can't think of someone who is not just a white dude. Yeah, it's we're the only people who do that. What do you think that is? Why is it? Do we just have things so good? We got to risk rich. Yeah, we're rich. There's no risk. We don't fight our own wars. You know, the rich people send peasants to go die. Why do they always send the poor, according to? Because they're expendable. Yeah, Yeah, they're expendable in all countries. There's no political system that doesn't use the poor as expendable because you just have to. There's more of them. Now, speaking, this is going to be a a long route to get where I'm going. Speaking of system of down, famous North Hollywood uh, alumni. Yeah. Also in North Hollywood, Frederick Brennan, after fleeing the Philippines. New famous alumni. He, uh, although I guess he left, doesn't kind of count. Yeah, apparently he's in D.C. I think that may have been a lie to get people off his off his track. I think he might still be in California somewhere. I think it's just expensive to live here and fucking sucks. Although he said he was going to D.C. D.C. is not exactly a cheap area. Unless he's in, like, the hood. That's how bad California's got. He fled to D.C. Even the cripple is like, I'm leaving this fascist state. Well, before... Recall Newsom. Before we get to that, let's, uh, I guess let's give a quick rundown of just what happened in these episodes. So, episode five, we see the the beginning um, of Akun. It took them a few months to get it up and running, but eventually they get up and running. Q starts posting on Akun. Then... We get uh, Tom, the the guy who who had the video of the chick fingering herself just open on his desktop that we talked about in the last episode. Like it was nothing. He meets with uh, Frederick. That dude had a rad, even radder setup this time. That monitor was fucking awesome. He has, he had like this gigantic, it looked like a fucking 50 inch widescreen TV turned sideways that he used for a FaceTime call type. Shit. That's the one thing I wish they'd have gotten into that they never did was finding out how much money these dudes had. Uh, apparently, they're laundering it through watches, but they we'll get there. lit. Yeah, wa- watches and uh, pens. So, Tom, that guy meets with uh, Fred to try and broker like a peace agreement between yeah, H.A.N. Like a- and him, because at this point, Frederick is fighting really hard to have H.A.N. completely disassociated from him. He wants them to change their name. He and this guy have a conversation. I like how they're doing it like a gang parlay. Yeah, they're, they're sitting down like, like it's the Godfather. Right, look, look, blood, we had some real bad blood between us, but we need to cut this shit out. We're going to kill ourselves. 
So the um, I'm going to kill you all. The Tom guy does the one smart thing he does in this conversation is uh, Frederick eventually asks him what they're going to change the name of 8chan to. He refuses to give him the answer. Smart move, because shortly after the conversation, turns out Frederick had been recording the conversation and started leaking it on Twitter, which I do think is a bit of a bitch move. I actually thought it was pretty fucking awesome because he clearly planned this entire offensive. I appreciate a well-orchestrated hit job. Bitch move and awesome aren't necessarily contradictory. Yeah, but he's a cripple, so I feel like he gets bonus <laughs> points for having the balls to do anything. He's got to fight dirty. We talked about this while we were watching it. Like, he has to know that every person alive could just walk up and throw him out of his chair. Well, the problem is every person alive also knows if uh, you're the guy who beats the dude with brittle bone disease, you're not going to look good no matter what reason you did it for. You're not going to look cool beating up a man who's two feet tall, morbidly obese, and has brittle bones. Yeah, but I wouldn't be goading people into doing it knowing they could cripple me with one punch. That dude was talking shit. It's one thing to have him be like, they won't hurt me, I'm crippled. Nothing to be like, fuck you, bitch, you're a fat motherfucker. Like, at some point, it wouldn't be cool, but they could still do it. Like, a 10-year-old could kill him. I had been on Frederick's side, but in this case, he th that's a bitch move, and I kind of wish someone had... Decked him one. I kind of just appreciate that he's accepted death. I don't think he has a choice. Something tells me he's not living much past the age he's currently at. He's 27 now. I don't think he's going to see 37. You mean he can't run from his mortality? You don't. He, <laughs> yes, he can't run from anything. He He's slowly trying to escape the Reaper in a wheelchair. I'm going to crawl away. A motorized wheelchair. He's not <laughs> today, death. He, uh... I, I mean, I get I get what he was trying to do. Obviously, he's upset about A-Chan and, and their role in the shootings we talked about in last week's Q episode on Patreon. It's on that if you want to go watch the video. It's free. It's free. Yeah, it's I don't free. know how many times we have to say that. You don't have to pay anything. It's fucking free. Assuming we haven't been taken down for Wednesday's episode by the time this goes up. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it was Sandy yeah, Hook. Yeah, what are you going to do? You it know. was a character piece. <laughs> uh but I get, I get what Frederick's trying to accomplish, but it, it just, I, I think felt he regretted like he could have gone about it better. What? Yeah, but these are trolls. They don't have personal skills, and they don't understand consequence in real life. I think you saw him, like, learn that in real time. He's like, I fucked up. At the time, yes, I, he, he hadn't had to experience actual consequences for his online life. and. Yeah. In this episode, he sees the the divide between his online life and real life dissolve. And he finally realizes in a moment of a brilliant clarity that it happens eventually that online life and real life, they're actually the same thing. You talk enough shit. You say Jim Watkins has a small penis. So what happened with this is uh, Jim Watkins sued Fred for cyber lipo, which is a law in the Philippines. It's a, it's a bit less stringent than our uh, standards here for getting a libel case. We're so fucked if they enact that. Good thing we're not in the Philippines. Um, the country with ladyboys has more stringent <laughs> fucking f uh, freedom of speech laws. And How the strange. The tweet they got him on, Fred had tweeted that uh, Jim Watkins was going senile and... At a certain point, Fred was made aware of the fact that a cyber libel case was going to be brought against him. 
and he was facing a minimum of six years. That seems harsh. That seems really harsh. Really harsh. Although I don't know that uh, Duarte over in the Philippines is exactly known for his leniency towards criminals, no matter the crime. That's true. Him talking about drugs at the end is not a safe thing to do in the Philippines. I mean, he, he doesn't think cripples should even be born. He was driving around like uh, GTA Vice City just on a motorcycle, like gunning down fentanyl addicts. Yeah, he's like what Donald Trump kind of wanted to be. And uh, so th- that when he found that out, Fred uh, kind of devolved into like a mental breakdown. The shooting seemed to take a bigger toll on him than it did the shooters. <laughs> he uh, So Fred ends up calling the, the filmmaker, whose name is Cullen, which I finally realized it only took till episode six of six for me to remember his name. That's why I keep the subtitles on. Fred, uh, Fred calls him basically crying like a bitch, talking about how he ruined his life and yeah, his wife's life. Literally crying. And he did. He did. He did ruin his life and I, his wife's life because... He could have let it go. If he had just let it go when he split with Ron and Jim, he could have probably just carried on doing something else, but he felt it was his fucking duty to play crippled Batman and try... (laughs) Someone hit him with his... Never mind. Um, It was kind of like when the Biggie and Tupac situation really devolved and they just ended up being murdered, and Puffy was like... Probably shouldn't have done that. We probably could yeah. have avoided this. We could have just kept making money. Yeah, I think he's fine. Like, I fucked up. I could have so just said nothing. He kept he kept pushing the envelope and tweeting shit about him and trying to get their, their hosting services to pull a Channing Coon. And he was pretty effective. I got it. That's what made me respect it, is if he'd have done this and failed, bitch move. If you do it and you fuck them up, that's kind of cool. And then he even, he showed up to, uh, Jim was having a naturalization hearing in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Fred showed up to that to try and fuck him over and prevent him from getting citizenship. Uh, he wasn't allowed to speak it a bit because his lawyer didn't show up. And I assume in the Philippines, they just look at a guy in a wheelchair and like, we can't let the retard talk no, he, without his yeah, lawyer. Here. He's retarded. No, we need to wait for his lawyer. His legs yeah. are retarded along with his mind. His eggs will make an S. But... Eventually, uh, what ends up happening is Fred's lawyer, and this is how you know the Philippines is great. He consults with multiple lawyers. Yeah, this was one of my favorite parts, probably and, of the whole series, to be honest. And they just tell him, they're yeah. like, uh, yeah, you get the fuck out of the country. You should leave it right now. You should, you should get the fuck out. So that leads to a, uh, a movie, a high-octane movie scene where Fred is fleeing the country. He's got to get like this specific piece of paper the i i card i uh yeah it's like i card his immigration thing that allows him to leave and uh he he managed to barely escape the country shortly yeah. before the, the charges beater. were actually filed you'll never catch me <laughs> he he did have a scene where he was trying to like uh run through the airport like a classic rom-com i really except he was on his, yeah. his motor scooter i really wish he move it move it just like trying to storm through the fucking airport so uh fred fled to they fled to hong kong which is actually this is another way how he fucked over uh the eight coon oh the hong kong one was slick that was brilliant yeah, i'll give him credit good. for that one he uh eight coon had contacted a hosting company in china yeah who they were using so Fred reached out to them and pointed out the fact that there were boards on Aikun that supported the Hong Kong Revolution. And they do not like that shit. And uh, they were shortly dropped. Didn't they say something about, like, Jim fucking a Chinese woman, too? 
I don't know. They were showing so many tweets so quickly. It's like there's so much incriminating evidence. This did feel like kind of a gossip. I felt like I was watching The Shade Room or something. This this was a very gossipy last two episodes. I think it really was the Reddit equivalent of like Biggie and Tupac. Except they're not dead yet. They yep. will be soon. I can't believe that they're going to live much longer. They live unhealthy lifestyles. Although, uh, you know... They got money. Sometimes money will buy you extended life. Yeah, but Jim was devolving. Jim was not looking great. By 2020, he was like, no, I think Q's on to something here. Like, yeah, we got to keep America great again, fucking singing the anthem. So that was that was one of the real twists in this. In all the previous episodes, Ron and Jim had essentially tried to... They kept their neutrality. They tried to pretend, not even that, they tried to pretend they were yeah. apolitical. Like, they weren't involved yeah. in this shit at all. Q what? And by the end, Ron is tweeting out the shit about Pence okay. betraying Trump, <laughs> Blinky McGillicuddy, and then uh, it always looks like someone just sprayed lemon juice in his face. They He's might have. blink it out. I, what, I, I, that has to be Morse code. I, I can't think that he has a tell that bad. I stand by that statement. We said that in the first uh, yeah. breakdown of these shows. Well, it, I mean, he's either just retarded or he's retarded and trying to do something funny. So, by, yeah, by the end... Ron's tweeting that shit. Jim is at the fucking Capitol March. Yeah, which that's going to be brought up in court. And how many times did it, Jim repeatedly for the first five episodes? Was he, made basic, it as a, he made it a point. Yeah, he was like, I, I don't even follow politics. Who's Donald Who? Trump? <laughs> what are we talking about? What else? Uh, what else important to bring up from this? Oh, uh, it was how- interesting when they brought up the uh, the army of North Virginia. Yeah, I've got that uh, here. So the I feel like they could have explored that a little more. The army of North Virginia, according to uh, what's that? Valley, who was some yeah. sort of intelligence army guy. Yeah, which sometimes that's a little hyperbolic. Much, yeah. yeah, sometimes that means like he knew someone that was recruited to the army one time. So this guy brought up the the Army of Northern Virginia, which is a, according to him, now, uh, according to Google, this group doesn't really exist, so take that for what you will. I believe in the documentary he said it wasn't, like, confirmed, correct? Yeah, Yeah. I think, you know, that's a a cover-your-ass type thing. But he said it's a group of 820 intelligence community members that curate intel for, at the time, President Trump, because President Trump didn't trust the CIA and the FBI, and Valley said this group is also where Q got his intel, which is an interesting thing to throw out there, that there's a, a group of 800 people who have somehow kept this quiet and provided provided intel to the president yeah. and to Code Monkey from HM. It's a bit similar to when the serial killers were popping in like the 70s and 80s and people would send in like letters from serial killers all the time, like claiming to be them. It's incredible how many people claim to have like sources that are military intelligence. Like, no, you don't understand. I have 45 sources in military intelligence that I talk to on a regular basis. All of the Q people at a certain point started claiming yeah. that they had military. Cause I think they saw the big Q Q tubers pop off by saying they had, you know, these special connections yeah. So they they just started claiming it too. I mean, we've seen yeah. Alex Jones do that for literally decades at this point, where he talks to a guy who like watched an Army versus Navy game. He's like, I've I've talked to the highest levels of the Navy. It, but at least at least with Alex, <laughs> it was going like crazy. Was going to crazy. Like this is normal right. people who are just like, no, you don't understand. Like I have sources in the FBI that are giving me classified intel. 
which they did bring up. Let me see if I can find this part. There was like six weeks before Q uh, had dropped. This is the problem with my, my fucked up notes. Okay, right. So they brought up, uh, at one point they brought up Cicada 3301, which is yeah. an online ARG. It's relatively famous. Um, it's ARG alternate reality game. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a code solving game popped up on 4chan. There was a lot of talk about it on Reddit when it first popped up. It, a lot of people seem to think it was a private company trying to hire code breaker type people. It's for school shooters. You don't have the courage. <laughs> yes. It was, a, it was a very difficult puzzle to solve. I think, uh, I think it actually still remains unsolved, but they talked with probably cause there's no answer. Maybe that's or what I would maybe do. Maybe that's the answer. Fuck. What did I just get myself into? What they do t- I, what am I <laughs> liable for now? Did I qualify for the draft? They talked about uh, going to Vietnam to a guy named Thomas Schoenberg, who appeared only as a, uh, avatar of a cicada bug. Yeah. First of all, which they, is dumb. Cause we also saw his real picture in the episode. Silly bug to choose. That's a cuck bug. Who chooses a cicada? I stand by my assessment that a cicada sounds like trap hi-hats. In fact, I think I could sample a cicada. The sound or the name of them? The sound. (laughs) No, no, no. That's like a Sharks vs. Jets. Cicada. Cicada. Let's just do that for 45 minutes (laughs) and call it an episode. We're done now. Oh, did I know what you came for? Fuck. So this... this You know them trap hats? (laughs) Um, This... Schoenberg guy had apparently been in communication with Tracy Beans, who was a popular QTuber, and perhaps maybe feeding her some information. She was asking him questions about Cicada. He was helping her out. And she was what? A white woman. Damn right. And Schoenberg, uh, he stated that he suspected she was taking notes to hand over to Flynn. And the conversation they had occurred six weeks before the launch of Q, which... You know, could be a coincidence, but the, the plot thickens even more. Do you think everybody in this chain is just lying to each other? They're just like yes-anding? Like a, a improv yeah, on, on a grand scale? Potentially, like, subconsciously, but they just seem to be affirming each other's shit because that's the most efficient way to do this. I think what they're doing Cause is... Because like this, this dialogue you're talking about is a pretty good example of how they reaffirm their own facts. It's a cover-your-ass thing. It's that cyclical reporting where, where yeah. certain times they'll report an article written by one outlet, but that article is citing... It's how the FBI... The article citing... It's how the FBI citing, got... Excuse me. It's how the FBI got the, uh, the FISA warrants is they cited an article in Yahoo where the source was the FBI... It's happened shit like that. They do it all the time. A lot. Yeah, they do it all the time. It's how they get justification like WMDs and shit. So this this Thomas Schoenberg guy, before I lose the plot here, mm-hmm. um he ran this is this is where it makes it interesting that he had been giving info to Tracy Beans. Schoenberg ran a spy operation in the Middle East for the Pentagon with a guy named Bijan. Bijan went on to work with Flynn. So now we got the mm-hmm. direct connection between the Schoenberg guy giving info to Tracy Beans, Tracy Beans theoretically giving the info to Flint. Bit interesting. The idea of a three-star general taking info from someone who goes by Tracy Beans <laughs> is it's a bit funny. That's concerning. But I also think at a certain point, 
they just realized how powerful the disinformation was and they didn't care that it was disinformation. They just wanted to be able to affect the narrative through that disinformation. I think they just saw a group of people they could turn into missionaries. I uh, Yeah, I don't think for a second Flynn thought Q was real. I think he just saw a group of people he could mobilize for the sake of trying to accomplish his goals. I think it's more realistic to say that if they ever got involved, they did it at late 2019 when it was already built, and then it just became convenient. I don't think they would have wasted their time building it, but it, if it's already there... It could have been... Uh, I mean, when Q shifted... His, his writing style, I think that's where we most likely saw a takeover of people involved with government. Where I think that's when Ron took it over. Yeah, that's what I mean by people involved with government is I think that's when they started reaching out to Ron to try and help shape the narrative going forward. Yeah, that's probably when it started. Because uh, last thing I have from episode five is at some point Ron is on a call with... Uh, guy named Sullivan, another guy named Benny, who both worked with Trump. I think for, Benny was a former NASA. Yeah, and they, they both were involved in social media, and they were talking about how they wanted to help amplify the Q message in order to... Yeah, we have, like, our, yeah, our government has weaponized algorithms that know Like, it's not hard to game. Fuck, these retards figured it out, and they're dumb. They talked about boosting the signal of what Ron was tweeting. And I, I will say, having followed these accounts, they were remarkable at it. They would find a new account, and with an overnight, 50,000 followers. And you get a lot of sway on Twitter when you get that type of following. It was really popular it, for a time. When I say they nuked, like, 70% of the user, like, the active user base, they really did. And by this point, we're probably closer to 95% yeah. after the last two purges in addition to the, the first big one. Now, comedy's starting to come back, which is filling the void a little bit, but it was so dead for a while. Yes, we're, we're finally yeah. bouncing back. Uh, before I move on from that conversation, the Sullivan guy during his uh, convo with Ron about how to be, boost Q's message seemed to, he implied pretty heavily that he seemed to believe Ron was Q. And, of course, Ron denies it in the conversation. But why would someone who works at that level be reaching out to him if he didn't, you know, maybe have homework. some information? Yeah, you assume he has access to that type of shit. I mean, it's the most obvious conclusion. If you're going to go with who's most likely, the one running the website making all the money from it is going to be the one. Yeah. Before I move on to what I wrote down for episode six, do you have anything else you want to, you want to toss? Uh, toss no, that was kind of it. Cause they focused more so on the beef in episode five. It was, uh, it was starting to make me worried because like I talked about, I was kind of worried they weren't really going to do a good job of breaking down Q. And I think that was kind of proven true. Like I, I don't really think they good did a good job of dismantling it. Because hmm. there were only six episodes. By episode five, they really hadn't done much to fully point out the errors within Q. Maybe that was because they felt it was too obvious, given that they thought it was Ron. Which I understand. Because he was such a pivotal character, you need to have him kind of had a, have a shroud of innocence. I understand them feeling like uh, Q may be so blatant, like it's such an obvious grift that they don't have to point out how and where it's a grift. But clearly it's not that obvious because uh, a lot of fucking people believed it. 
Well, I think it's more that we realize we got a lot of dum dums. That's what I mean. Yeah, dum 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 dum. It still concerns me that a lot of dum dums might watch what we just watched. No, we need dum dums and come away thinking Q is real. Well, we can't help those people. Like we just can profit from them. But <laughs> they may have just opened it up to a another round of Q folk. Maybe. I mean, at this point, if you're still holding on to it, you mean a new generation or the yeah, same ones? New people being uh, brought in. Well, there's always going to be new people. That's I, what we're here for. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I believe in Q now. <laughs> hopefully, that's not what happens. But all right, let's let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. Which episode six? We see Brennan's successfully escaped to L.A. and eventually for queers. Washington D.C so on and so forth. He's, he's no longer really important. Mm. Uh, they uh, did bring up the point. I didn't have many notes for this because I just want to talk about Ron. Um, at a certain point, Cullen, the, the filmmaker, did mention that the more the mainstream media attacked Q, the further it sort of solidified the beliefs of the followers that they were doing the right thing because to them the mainstream media is the fucking devil so being attacked by them means they're on the right path oh they knew what they were doing this one was shameless i actually blame them more than the retards the retards are retarded so like cnn and msnbc knew what they were doing because q was dying but then they just like well we need another villain so they decided to put this shit up and make it seem serious and then come to find out Oh, all the people who went to the Capitol? Yeah, they're retarded, or they owe someone a lot of money. To me, what it indicates is that the people who were reporting on it, they're not the same people who are spending time in the com- conspiracy communities. Because I I read a lot of that shit. You read a lot of that shit. Mm-hmm. I think we both know that if you start attacking them in that fashion you start removing their ability to be on certain platforms all that's going to do is kind of invigorate them to feel like well clearly clearly we must be right because why would they be banning us if our message wasn't one to be feared i think that was going on until it all fell apart and the donald abandoned them then i think the majority of them i think that was when it clicked and they realized oh he's not gonna save us even from jail when, let alone satanic pedophiles. When do you think the clicking happened? Is it after January 6th? When they realized real jail time was coming. When they got treated like black people in jail. And then even after that, it, it, the documentary showed some posts on a coon talking about how fuck you and all that. Yeah. But I think the people still yeah. holding I think the people still holding on are one either making money from it, which is most likely. This is the only reason to keep doing a lot of this shit. Uh, or two are just genuinely broken and nothing you can do about them concerning. There's still so many of them, but there's also sort of a a sunk cost type thing where it's, they're so committed to this at this point that to back out now would be foolish. Might as well see it till the bitter end, which I assume for them means fucking sucking on a a gas pipe until they die. Probably because I mean, they lost their family. Because they, they lost don't, everything. Because they don't talk to them anymore. And and more disappointing than losing their family to most of them was the way they talked about losing their YouTube channels. 
Yeah. They God. made it sound like their kids had been run over in a car accident. It was so funny seeing that fat bearded fuck with his ponytail. <laughs> the guy with supposedly, the fried chicken ponytail. Yeah, who's supposedly running like a Christian ministry being like, you know, it's just the worst thing they could ever do. They took away my YouTube channel. It's just they're trying to silence me in my message. And it's like, you're so humble. We, you're so fucking humble. No, they're trying to silence you. This is the worst thing that could happen. As a man who believes in God, the worst thing that could happen is they took your YouTube channel. Yeah. And as we know from reading the Bible, no one ever goes through tribulations and trials. Never man, happens in the Bible. My eternal soul never got me laid. I don't think anyone, th I, nothing got that guy laid. There's a scene in the documentary where he's shirtless. Of course, he's a fat fuck, but the, the more egregious oh, them, crime. Them titties is him sitting in a hot tub with a MAGA hat on. See, I thought that was a boss move. If you're sitting in a hot tub, like, clear, he, he's probably going bald, right? Why else do you wear... Uh, if he has a ponytail and he's going bald, that's impressive. That's kind of a look, almost like the hairline just starts receding. All you got is what's going on back there. I Normally, I'd go with you. I think they, those dudes just really love that hat. It's like, it's like their yarmulke. Even in a hot tub, though? Do, do Jews wear their yarmulke in a hot tub? No. How do you know? I've seen them. No, I have no idea. I actually have no idea if they <laughs> do or not. You followed one into a hot tub and watched? That's a, I break out my binoculars and I sit above the temple hot tub. You're just like Homer it's with binoculars and you just, oh, I hope no one's looking and he takes out, oh, I got you. No, I, I have seen Jews in the ocean with, uh, with their fins. Do they clip it to their hair? <laughs> they do, actually. There is like a little fucking bobby pin type thing that they, they attach it with. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think those dudes just love that fucking hat. But I I kind of appreciate it that he was just like, fuck it, I'm letting these titties show. We got to try and get the people who have been deplatformed onto here so we can mock them for being fat losers. That's who I want to start making fun of. Yeah, can we get... Fat losers. Can we get, like, penance points for YouTube if we bring on the people who... Almost, <laughs> yeah, who almost ruined them and we just denigrate them for, like, an hour? Can we be like, see, look, we're doing the YouTube Lord's work. I told you this is going to be our carbon offsets for all the terrible yeah. shit we say. As long as we do something that the woke mob approves of, who do we, we can escape unscathed? Who do we contact at YouTube? What gender neutral binary person do I need to talk to? And as a former fat fuck, I feel, you know, I, I feel like it's my place to be able to mock fat fellas. I just like fat shaming, to be honest. Fat jokes are fun. Me too, and I can get away with it the same way black people can say the N-word. I feel the right to make fun of fat people because I'm, I'm a recovering fat person. Well, and either, like, it's funny and they realize the error of their ways and get skinny and they're like, man, thank you for calling me a fat piece or of shit. Or someone kicks in our door and tries to murder us in our sleep. Well, no, they run out of breath and die because they're <laughs> fat. That, uh, that was always my favorite part of that Doomsday Prepper show. Is all these guys... That they were obese? Well, they, they would do all these preps. They're like, I have enough food for 80 years. I have enough water to last me 45 years. I cannot walk up the stairs without needing to take heart medication. I hope that doesn't impact my ability to survive the apocalypse. I got a 14-year supply of blood pressure medication. Because <laughs> I will die without it. If you're planning on surviving the apocalypse, I beg you to wake up every day and, and bang out five push-ups. Bang out five push-ups, cut down to like eight cigarettes a day. Yeah, but they got guns. Guns can't help you outrun someone. Yeah, but it can help you shoot them. Maybe the gun is just you to shoot they... themselves when they've been cornered. I'm no pussy. I'm not running away. 
Well, based on the the capital rights, they are pussies. Maybe they think the the fat is like gonna deflect the bullet. It might. It might help a little. The, like the beer gut's actually a defensive tactic. There's there's a, a gif, a relatively famous gif of a, a very fat man shooting pistols, and he's wearing a bulletproof vest, and it. It looks like a fucking crop top. Like, it literally... <laughs> it looks like a corset. It barely covers his titties. Just, like, squeezing his fat in like a fucking Japanese prostitute. You know the football jerseys they give you to practice in that are, like, the cutoff, like, the running yeah. back jersey? The yeah. 1980s shit? Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Look like a go-go dancer? I don't even know what ser- to search to try and find that uh, guy shooting, fat guy shooting. Yeah, sure, I guess. But yeah, they they, they did the, the I now that I think about it, the first episode was that fat dude shooting an AR15. That's Oh, wow. I really did find Now he's not wearing a vest in this one, but that's kind of well, what they all look like to me. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. It it the the video kind of shows up if I, I show it. It's not great, but if you want to find it, just literally search fat guy shooting gif. I'm working on it. We'll have access to that soon. You yes. hear that young Jamie? You stupid fuck. <laughs> yeah. We, we've we been young Jamie-less for the last uh, two episodes. Both recorded today, by the way. But we're crazy, so we just pretend he's here. And yes. then we <laughs> yell at him when he shows up for not remembering what we yelled at him while he wasn't here. We also get confused in uh, what day this episode will be out on. It's, it's a hard... What we're saying is this is very difficult. This yeah. is a really hard thing to do. It's hard to get stoned and watch documentaries we're and then just, talk about it. We're struggling right now. You know, it's a tough time. Please to, donate to our Patreon to so we can it, remember what day it yeah. is. We're trying to... Well, actually, we're doing an experiment where days of the week don't matter because that's actually progress. I'm See, pre- days of the week are bigoted, and that's actually how we get sexual violence in the workplace. I'm trying to plan for my eventual life on a separate planet where the days will will be longer or shorter and I don't need to know what day of the week it is. I'm planning to die like Van Gogh. Broke. With only one ear and nobody appreciating my shit. And just incredibly horny. Until I'm dead. Just simping for for that girl he cut his ear off for. Well, look, he could have gotten laid or he could have done cool art. I'm sure Van Gogh fucked. There's yeah, no way Van Gogh they did. And it's actually pretty well disputed that he didn't get laid. He just was. Wait, really? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it was like Tesla where like it happened a few times, but he was just a fucking maniac that nobody wanted to spend time with. So he was alone a lot. Well, he was that, that post-impressionistic era. You had uh, Paul Cezanne, Paul Cezanne, right? He was uh-huh. a big one. You had, uh-huh. you had Van Gogh. But then you had uh, Toulouse-Lautrec. You had Picasso, Toulouse, the same era. Toulouse-Lautrec is a guy... Who who broke? This is how we tie this together. He mm-hmm. he kind of was a a French Frederick Brennan, in that he f- he was crippled. He fucked up both his legs really bad. He broke one of his femurs when he was like thirteen. He broke the other femur when he was fourteen. It's usually a death sentence back then. Didn't heal well. He was born to like the the aristocracy, so he got good health care. But he eventually went on. He became a huge alcoholic who was addicted to whores, and. I don't know where I was going with that. That's I just want to talk about that's what loosely truck. Oh no, I meant that's what I would have done. Yeah, he made the right move. Yeah, but no, I meant uh, unappreciated and alone. Oh, that's that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Is how how in the world could Toulouse Lautrec or Lautrec, however you pronounce his stupid name, how could he fuck? But but Van Gogh, because Van Gogh was a loner who didn't know how to talk to people. Van Gogh, talk, he's kind of actually like me. He talked to <laughs> his brother. I also don't fuck like Van Gogh. <laughs> he talked to his brother, his shrink, 
and uh, paintings. And really, what else do you need? Who needs human interaction when you can paint a picnic? Well, Very blurry-like. Oh, it wasn't that he wanted to be alone. He was probably just miserable. It's also, he was an alcoholic. I mean, he did spend his oh, only good, money. Good. And But he also got ridiculed, and people told him his paintings sucked. Maybe... The kids also made fun of him, too, because I think they thought he was retarded. Maybe licking all the lead paint just kind of deactivated his dick. It answers a lot of questions when you look at the actions from uh, painters from, like, 1900 to, like, 1962 when they realized that, oh, that's lead. Stop putting it in your mouth, dummy. It uh, it didn't turn out well. A lot of, like, Mad Hatter-type shit going yeah. on with them. Yeah. Although I think that's mercury poisoning. But the, the same idea. The only one they still have where they have to put that warning is cadmium. Cadmium red? Yeah, cadmium red. Don't eat that shit. I only know that because uh, a lot of watching The Joy of Painting with Pomperaz. That's what I'm going to use for my manic spiral. Cadmium red? Yeah, that, I feel like that's a new hipster way to do it. Nobody's going with lead poisoning via paint the chair you sit in to do the show is kind of a cadmium red type color yeah now i'll just coat it in poison all right as much as i love talking about post-impressionistic painters and i'm sure our audience loves it as well yeah the the one person left still listening will appreciate what we get into in the the final episode of the documentary episode six uh-huh. uh cullen lays out his case for who he thinks q is yeah he believes it to be Ron Watkins, which... Yeah, who I guess is... Shocking. Surprise. Who is now openly Code Monkey and kind of associating with the movement. Same for Jim. He also became very MAGA. So these were the the sort of uh, claims that Cullen laid out that uh, he felt were the evidence that uh, Q was Ron. So Ron, throughout the interviews, he would oscillate between knowing... Nothing about Q, but then in a follow-up interview, he would seem to be able to intuit Q's motives for doing certain things. He knew some of the intricacies. Yeah, so he wouldn't know about Q, but then he'd know, like, well, I bet Q did this because he's trying to reach these people who could then... It's like if you watch tranny porn and then someone accuses exactly, the and then same. someone accuses you of it, but you want to deny it, and you're like, "No, I don't know anything about that." And then next time they talk about it, you mention like three specific like models, yeah, three specific, yeah. specific porn stars. And, and then the next time you meet up, you're like, "And what, the movie titles." What are you talking about? I never said that. Yeah, like it was a it was a tell, but I think he was maybe he was getting them drunk and he just wasn't showing it. And those were the times he slipped because you and I said that's what we'd have done. Yeah, that that was our theory. And then we would have molested him on what Colin should have been doing is he should have just got... It's the way you get information out of everyone. Yeah. Has he never seen you Project get, Veritas? They get mildly attractive women. They send them to Silicon Valley. And then two drinks in, you know, yes, of course, we shadow ban everybody. <laughs> yeah, we get rid of Republicans. It's fucking rednecks. So that's that would have been my move, is just get yeah. everyone drunk. But that's generally my solution to it, most of life's it's the greater Fili- struggles. It's the Philippines. You could have used something cooler. You could have spiked his drink with, like, I don't know, ecstasy or some shit so in addition to the the uh oscillation vacillation whatever word i should be using there between knowing nothing about q and and then knowing everything about his motives Uh he would also often pretend to not know about q tubers like uh cullen would ask him about tracy beans and he'd be like who 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 are you talking about and then he would cut to an interview that occurred i don't know who that is (laughs) his fucking blinky eyes he would cut to an interview that had occurred two weeks before that where he knew everything about Tracy Beans. So he was 
lying in what he knew. I don't know how you know something on the 10th, but then when he interviews about it on the 8th, he has no idea what or who it is. And it's such a silly thing to have to lie about. Like, you could be like, yeah, I'm on Twitter. It would be really, it's needless lies. Yeah, it's useless. It doesn't actually prove you're not doing anything. Uh, One of the biggest ones. Maybe he was just trying to fuck and he wanted to be low key. A couple of the big ones here. We had, uh, he, he made sure to mention that Q was consistent with his style, even though that was 100% not true. And it's the reason the guy who ran the original Con Before the Storm board ended up leaving mm-hmm. is because he no longer believed it to be the original Q. Yeah, he was very vocal. They kind of shut him out after the first two episodes. And, uh, and Ron was convinced that it was Q. Probably because yeah. he was Q. Duh. And then, uh, despite claiming repeatedly that he wasn't posting on 8chan throughout this documentary, he said he barely used it. In the final interview he did with Cullen... Which he, they obviously saved for this yes. this moment. He He basically talked about how he had been posting under anonymous names for three years, helping the people yeah. do the Q research. He said, what he, he said, uh, I've been training them how to do digital warfare. And before we get to the end of that conversation, two more quick things. He, he obviously he had access to the trip code, so he could have taken over as Q. He was running the board. And then the other one was when he eight, was uh, leading the Q research board, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just mentioning, is uh, he, yeah. he was helping with that. And then when Akun first went up, there was an issue with the website, and the majority of people couldn't post. One of the people who was able to post happened to be Q. Well, they take care of their VIPs. So, and in one of the interviews, Ron had said, like, well, I'm not even able to post yet, so I don't know how Q did it, kind of creating this mystical aura about him. Yeah, it really was if, uh, if like, the Zodiac had access to Twitter. And social media these days. This is Q speaking. Yeah. He'd just try and coyly deflect and it's like, you're not a good liar, you idiot. But the the speaking of bad liar, that's really where the best evidence comes from is during that uh, conversation where, where he admitted to helping lead the Q research for several years. He did kind of, what was the sentence he said? He said something like... Uh, like I've been helping, but but I'm not Q. Yeah, he was like, I've been helping. I've been helping train normies to do uh, information warfare, uh, but I'm not Q, of course. And then he gave and then, <laughs> like this <laughs> crazy smirk that I think he he accidentally let slip through. Maybe the blinking was to not laugh. Could have been. Could have been like uh, where you're fucking squeezing your hand or something, not laugh or biting your tongue. Yeah. Now, the white dude found it way funnier than Ron did. The white dude damn near fell out of his chair laughing. And then uh, on top of that, he, he also added, um, like, he, he basically said, I'm not Q again. And then he might as well have winked very dramatically at the camera. When I smile like that and I'm saying something, I'm either going to murder you <laughs> or I'm lying. But, uh, yes. That, that's, and I want you to know it. He, he, if he's not Q, he wanted to give the impression that he was Q in that final interview. I always felt like Q would have wanted the credit at some point. It's a lot of effort to not claim credit. 4,000 plus posts. Now, I think the problem arose 
in that he may have initially been intending to take credit for Q at a certain point, but then when the capital shit happened, it kind of ruined his opportunity to do that without facing repercussions. Yeah, I would love to have seen a follow-up interview with Ron after the capital thing, because I assume he was probably planning to keep this going or cash in at some point, but... Yeah, once that happened, he probably actually became legally, you know, implicated. Like, they probably would have come for him. Well, so... And the FBI, or I mean, uh, and the Philippines would not mind owing the U.S. a favor, so they would fucking get rid of him. Towards the end, he sort of became this uh, this Twitter influencer. So as Q was posting less, coincidentally, Ron's Twitter became mm-hmm. much more full of the type of shit that... Uh, I like me dropping my pen, looking like a dick. I'm trying to look <laughs> smart by gesticulating with my pen. These fucking Q retards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as Q kind of faded back, Ron's Twitter was pushed to the forefront. He started appearing on shit like OAN as an expert in Dominion voting systems when that's not fucking true. They're like the Opie and Anthony of right-wing rate, uh, TV, like yeah. slander. Like, they'll just literally Even let... the abbreviation is yeah. almost the same. You if, just gotta switch the letters. If you show up, we'll put you on. What do you want to say? Yeah, go ahead. So he started doing shit like that. You think we could get on? Uh, maybe. Maybe. If we, we, if we shave, just write, write a haircut. In, what if we just write out outlandishly uh, slanderous articles? We can start doing that on the website and then just and then just like mailing them. them. Yeah, like send them to Jack Basobic. But uh, that uh, the the big the final the coup de gras was that that shit he posted about Pence. And he claims to have all kinds of audio to back up the fact that Pence was betraying Trump. And yeah, that's where it, thousands of pages of documents, which no one has seen. That's of course. That's the moment where it turned into like, oh, no, this has gotten out of hand. Because then it went beyond, like, ah, you retards think there's satanic pedophiles, like, sacrificing children under the house chamber or some shit. To people yeah. dying and then there's, in a real-life event. And then you say that shit about Mike Pence and motherfuckers show up and they build a hangman's noose. <laughs> like, no, you don't understand. It was a metaphorical noose. We weren't going to actually hang anybody. Okay, yeah, I ran in there <laughs> live streaming on Instagram that I was going to hang, hang Mike Pence, but it was a metaphor. You don't understand. They had, uh, and Ron, Ron seemed, sorry, Jim, I, uh, thank God after this week, I will never have to say their names again. Until they meet their demise. I don't feel like they're, they're going to go out with a bang. But Jim participating in that march, for a man who claims to have been, for two people who claim to have been apolitical, they're the most political, apolitical people I've ever seen. Because at the march, Jim sure seemed to know a lot of the Q people by name. He was able to go talk to the shaman. And he mentioned he had met him before. Mm-hmm. He was shaking hands with other people. People were fucking coming up to him asking for pictures. Well, they were making him a lot of money. I guess that that could be it. I don't think so. I don't think he shows up to that march. Oh, no, by the march. No, yeah, he got radicalized. I don't know if they were just better at playing coy at the beginning. I think what probably happened, and this was the best summation the documentary documentary came to, was uh, that Q started as a LARP and then turned real. I think they probably didn't give a fuck at first. They were just like, yeah, this traffic is awesome. We're making a ton of money. Let's ride this. Maybe he takes over the uh, trip codes that he can do this. Uh, on 8chan when they still control it 
and start driving the traffic specifically where they want it. Uh, and then, and then people started talking shit to them. And then they did, which is what I was always thought was the problem by antagonizing the Q folk is like, what if they just lean into it? If you keep telling them they're this weird shit, like they might just lean into it. They're going to double down. Yeah. So I think they did that. And I think you saw Jim and Ron just kind of devolve into fuck it. If you're going to come after me, then let's do it. But I, I do think, I think it was originally a LARP. And I think that was probably Jim and Ron's intention in keeping it going was simply to bring traffic that's what, no, that's to the website. I mean. It was just to control the traffic because that was what was making them money. But the the problem is eventually that spilled over into the real world with fairly dire consequences in certain cases. And at that point, you can't, as the people who were possibly the head of it, you, you've put yourself in a not great position. You can't cash in. You've kind of ruined the bag. Yeah. Now, they made a ton of money. The, the Bitcoin bag. They made a ton of money, but yeah, at that point... Oh, I was furious. Frederick at one point... So all these guys apparently are laundering money via watches. If if 8chan and 4, 4chan weren't set up to specifically blackmail people who post weird shit on there, <laughs> I don't know what the point is. But Because uh, that's exactly what I would use it for. What, what made me think of it is when Fred flees the country, he can't take a lot of cash with him, so he buys a nice Omega watch and takes that with him to pawn. Much like a uh, a pimp. Where's yeah. a lot of jewelry that they can give to their hoes to go pawn for bail money? Yeah, cash assets. That's what he was doing. Crippled Fred I, Brennan I was, say, was just like a pimp. See, what it, I told you, he went out thug life. Thug life tatted on my chest. He's probably living in a one-bedroom apartment in severe medical debt now that he's in the States. Listening to Tupac. Whew. Where does he go from here? Run with me. <laughs> Hail Mary. Run Roll quick, with see. me. <laughs> because... He, after he fled the country and uh -huh. his uh, daring escape, the coronavirus kicked in and his wife is still in the Philippines. So he kind of ended up in the States with no family. His stupid fucking dog is probably still in the Philippines. God, I hate his dog. No, he took his dog with him. That's, as a wife, how do you feel when your husband's like... I got to get the dog there. You, I'll come back for it. The dog must come. Well, initially, I thought maybe she was just like, she's free. And then they got that uh, card, like, transported over to him, which initially I was like, oh, maybe she does care. And then I was like, actually, maybe she really does just want him to fucking leave so she can be free of him. Well, now that he's broke. Yeah. Yeah, what's the point? If she uh, if she was a gold digger and something tells me, maybe. Look, man. I don't think you fall in love with the two-foot guy whose bones look like uh, cooked spaghetti noodles. What, you don't find an <laughs> aborted dolphin fetus attractive? His his arms make, like, the the craziest angles. He's got flippers. It's nuts. He's got flippers. He's a dolphin. When his legs are extended, he's sitting crisscross applesauce. His yeah. legs are bent. And then it, he got it, a like 90 degrees. And then he got a tattoo. Yeah, his arms are so bent, they form an S. It's, uh, it's not looking good for him. And he just keeps getting fatter. <laughs> that I understand. <laughs> I understand the desire to uh, stress eat away the Filipino government trying to lock you up for cyber libel. At least Mr. McDonald still understands me. Or <laughs> whatever. They, they have mixed spaghetti over in the Philippines. He's probably just pounding that. I can have it my way here. <laughs> Yeah, that poor dude. We'd love to get him on. 
Yeah, I, I wish he was still... He, ironically enough, ended up moving pretty much to where we are when he was in California. Yeah, he should he should have come Which back. Which shows how broke he was, <laughs> that yeah. he ended up in the, the neighborhoods we frequent. Yeah, he ended up in the shittier neighborhood somehow. Well, do you have... Uh, you got anything else? That was the extent of the notes I took. I don't know if you have any more uh, things to, to toss out. I got a new character that's a black comedian called uh, Habanero Peppers. And his punchline <laughs> is he just goes, there's some spicy shit, man. <laughs> that's that's your Hamburger Jones? Yeah. That was all I came up with was what his punchline was. I don't actually know what his comedy is about. I assume he just makes well, spice. Well, Hamburger Jones. He didn't spice exactly related, have comedy. Yeah, spice-related puns. I think this is why Def Comedy Jam needs to come back. Maybe or Def Jam could, Comedy, excuse you me. Could, you could pitch that character to like a Tabasco company. Like the, the hey, you guys, you want a wildly offensive character? So it's it's like <laughs> you want you took, a racial stereotype to support your hot sauce. So if you took Aunt Jemima, right, and you made it ten times more racist, <laughs> but it's hot sauce, and he's just a uh, Bernie Mac, the Tabasco comedy tour could work though. That could. That's some spicy shit, man. I don't know who it works for. The the era of the the comedian with Scorch. He could do. <laughs> you could do like his meat bits. With the, with spices, the era of the comedian that had like a a uh, catchphrase, thankfully, seems to be behind us. We we don't, as far as I'm aware, I don't know of a guy with a getter done or a hamburger or anything. Uh, Dane Cook's stupid sufi. I think outside Cook, I think that was largely something only black comedians could pull off. It, it may have been... When white people chant shit, it sounds like a Klan rally. It may have been a requirement of the the, the venues they were forced to participate in. They need a hook to bring uh, the audience back. Well, it's like black church. You gotta have... You gotta bring the heat. Interaction. The bl- a black That's crowd... That's some spicy shit, see? Yeah. Bring the heat. Yeah. If, you've ever, if you've ever been to a movie at a black theater, they like to interact. They do? Yeah. That's what I love about those movies, is they talk to it. I'm surprised Joe Rogan has not been canceled over his uh, black theater take from 10 years ago. I'm sure it, it has to have been brought up. They probably didn't do enough research to find it. He's got too much money to be canceled. Well, his, he needed to do this like six years ago. And I don't think he meant this in a racist way at all. But his statement was something about have you ever watched Planet of the Apes in a black theater? Which <laughs> doesn't sound great. It's pretty. It's pretty good for Joe. I get what he. But the thing is, he didn't mean it that way. I get what he means. Doesn't he meant matter. like watching it with an interactive audience. You don't have to be intentionally funny. But he he, he seemed to uh, make an unfortunate implication with his statement. No, I think that's a good one. That's a good one. That's good for his brand. Well, the funny part is people hear that and they go, "Oh," and it's like, "No, you idiot!" Black people don't actually think they're monkeys. They're not watching Planet of the Apes like. I don't know. This is kind of accurate. <laughs> Man, we kind of do be like jumping off trees. At least I hope not. All right. I think they don't have trees in ghettos. They can't afford to like use the water. I think Plus it's got lead that just kind of kills the plants. I think we can uh, wrap up there unless unless you got any more fantastic hot sauce puns. Uh, <laughs> nah, I mean, that's some spicy shit, man. <laughs> Fuck. Hootie hoo. Mamba out. 